Welcome to this edition of DCS Talks, a podcast production of the Tennessee Department of Children's Services. The intention of DCS Talks is to promote dialogue among child welfare professionals, foster parents, and the entire community about ways to prevent child abuse and neglect. Hello listeners, my name is Tracy Watkins and I'm a training supervisor with the Department of Children's Services and I will be your host for this session of DCS Talks. I'm really excited to be talking with Katie Butler, an independent living specialist, and Kayla, a former foster youth who has transitioned to the independent living program. Welcome, Katie and Kayla. Hi, thank you. So Katie, why don't you tell us a little bit about independent living services and your role for those who may not know about this program. Okay, so independent living is a division within the department, and we are here to support frontline staff to make sure that our youth 14 and older are aware of services available to them to make life a little bit more normal, as well as a safety net for our youth who end up aging out of our care. Make sure they're aware of scholarships available to them and funding available to them. Perfect. So at DCS, we're always looking at ways to improve our skills, and we feel the best way to do that is to get some real insight from our youth. And while, Katie, you probably get lots of feedback on a regular basis since you work with youth um, frequently, the rest of us don't always get that kind of insight. So do you want to tell us a little bit about Kayla, Katie? So I first met Kayla when we were developing what's called a transition plan, and that's a part of the child and family's plan to either reunify them with their family or to look forward. And the transition plan focuses on independent living skills related to employment, education, transportation, and housing. Uh, She was very independent at that time and very vocal, um, but she did have uh, some underlying needs that needed to be met. Uh, A lot of people felt like she would continue in that cycle of needing uh, intense services, but I saw something in Miss Kayla and she's proven that she's very resilient and given the correct resources and support, she can be successful. So she entered into our extension of foster care services once she turned 18 and she actually obtained her high school diploma right after she turned 18 Yes, and then has accessed our scholarship assistance and our extension program while she went to Pellissippi and she's also gone to Virginia College um, to obtain some skills in some certified nursing. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So Kayla, lots of stuff. Why don't you share with us um, a little bit about um, you, how old you are and and what life is looking like right now for you. Um, So I'm currently 21. I'll be 22 in April. Life is life right now, currently. I've done some things on my end that I probably, I knew better, probably should have used my head a little more and I got myself into some circumstances that aren't great. But like Katie said, there's been a lot of tools thrown my way. So like I know what I have to do to get out of where I'm at right now. And so I don't stress it. And all my friends are like, my life's falling apart. What do I do? Help. And I'm just like, okay, guys, give me like a week. Calm down. I've got this. Um, I entered foster care when I was 14, and my brother is three years younger than me, so he was 11, and our main goal at the time was not getting split up, and then the goal became him going home, and I needed help, so I ended up in a lot of facilities, and like, 
on a lot of medication. I met a lot of workers. I had different workers. I had like a social worker, youth village worker, a behavioral worker, like, and it really helped me to become more because I just thought I wasn't worthy of like life period at all. Like I didn't want to live and that was my main goal was to in the end end myself. Um, and I turned 18 and I had tried to commit suicide and the home that I was in got frozen. And it was one of those things where I thought that like I was done, the state couldn't help me anymore. I was a lost cause cause I was homeless now. I didn't really have anywhere to go. Um, cause it was either like they put me in another foster home with one of the people I'd already been with or, you know, go live with your friends. You're 18 now, make your own decisions. And so I ended up getting a house shortly after that, graduating. Um, and ever since then, I really, I've had my own place, my own car. They make sure that if I need assistance with food or gas, that they send me to the correct places and make sure I make all my doctor's appointments on time and make sure I have correct furniture. So it works out. It's been really helpful, especially for cases now where I'm not as up as I typically am. Okay. All right. So would you mind to share some maybe positive things you've experienced along your journey as a foster youth and even now as um, you're entering into your uh, young adulthood? Um, I think my biggest positive thing is always having someone there because I don't have a great family. I don't have someone I can just like reach out to. Um, it's every little inconvenience in my life, I have someone to fall back on or someone to talk to when things aren't there. They're like when they tell you I'm here, they really are. I've called Katie 2 o'clock in the morning. I've called one of my former workers, Brian. I called him at 2 o'clock in the morning a few times. So, like, they're always there, and that's that's a good thing. It's needed. Okay. Um, after I turned 18, I got help with being able to go to school. I'm almost done with my medical assisting program. I've got 20, hour, or 20 weeks and 200 hours, and I'll be a registered medical assistant. Um, and that's through the state giving me um, grants, helping me with school, pushing me because I didn't go to school like I was supposed to. I did not, like my first freshman year, I was like, oh, class can wait. It'll be okay. It, it was not okay. It was not. And Katie was like, you're in trouble. You're in trouble right now. You've you got to stop. And I stopped. And here in 20 weeks and 200 hours, I'll, I'll be good. So that was great. And they helped with the computer. Um, I got a certificate that I got to go take to someone and they gave me a computer so that was great um we get if you continue into extension there they help you with like an allowance that helps you live and while they really push you not to like live on the allowance or like expect it as long as you do like the requirements which are hard go to school work don't do drugs <laughs> be an actual independent human being um you get the allowance every month I never had an issue I always did what I was supposed to so like it's it's really not hard because I did that went to school maintained the job had a social life like so it's not it's not they're not in your business they just want to know that you're doing what you're supposed to so it, it's good and it's easy to do and then when it comes time that the check will be stopping, they do a budget thing and they help you rebudget your finances. So when that extra allowance is gone, you're not struggling as to, well, how do I pay this or where am I going to pull this extra money from? So that was really helpful too.
Okay, great. So along the way, and even thinking back um, to pre-independent living, um, we sometimes hear about being included in decision-making. So how was that for you? Um, I'm just really outspoken. So my parents were foster parents beforehand, so I knew that if a child doesn't like speak up and say, like, you're going to include me, they're not going to be included, and they won't. Like, if you didn't say... I want to be at that meeting or, you know, I want to know what that phone conference was about or I want to know what you're talking to my worker about. Like, I want to be included. Nine times out of ten, the meetings are just what the foster parents and the DCS worker were told to, you know, go play, go do something, let us talk. When in reality, like, if the foster parent is having an issue or, like, feels that there's something wrong, you should sit down with the kid and the DCS worker and be like, look, this is really starting to bother me and it would change how things end in the end because I mean I had a family one time that didn't include me in their decision making of closing their home when I had already been told I was going to be adopted and it kind of it put a damper on me because I kind of felt there for a minute I was like you know gaining my I at first didn't feel like I wanted I was wanted so then, like, I was gaining my confidence and my trust back in families, and then they closed their home. And so, like, I feel if I would have been part of that, I could have helped resolve some of the issue that was going on, and I wasn't made part of the decisions. So, as long as you include us, <laughs> we like to know what's going on about our life. It's us. We're the people who go places. We're getting put in the new homes. Like, at the end of the day, you get to go home to your families. We don't. So we at least want to know, like, why, when, where, who. I feel like that's really important. Okay. Is there anything that you wish you would have known or would have done differently along the journey? Um, if you were looking at your younger self? I would have just told her to stop being so stubborn that they're just trying to help. I fought them there for, there for a minute. I was like, mm, I'm not, no thank you, I'm good. And Sometimes that's what you need. You need the positive people in your life. You need the people that aren't doing drugs or aren't violence or aren't just bad roles in your life. You need that positive in your life. And I would just tell my inner self not to fight it and to realize that, like, if they're telling you you're worth something, you really are. Because 14-year-old me didn't think I was worth anything. 21-year-old me will fight someone if they even try to tell me differently. So Katie, you've been working with youth for several years now. What are some things that you've learned that you would pass on to other DCS workers, parents, foster parents, um, who also would have the privilege of spending time with our youth? I think the number one thing is no one is hopeless. Um, The reason I stay in this job is because of these youth and young adults. If you were to look at Kayla's trail of paperwork and create a conclusion from that pattern, it wouldn't be a good conclusion. And they have taught me that that's not what you do. Someone always has the ability to blossom and do better. Um, And the impact that we have as workers and foster parents and school staff is tremendous. It takes one supportive adult to help these youth and young people blossom. Um, Be present when you're with 
your even your babies, your zero to 18 year olds, be present, be in that moment. Don't see them as a task that you mark off on a checklist. See them as the human being that's sitting in front of you. See them for their strengths and see their weaknesses and understand that every behavior, there's a reason for every behavior. Behavior is not what we need to address. We need to address what's driving the behavior. And, you know, there's there's a lot of other things, but that's that's why I keep doing what I'm doing. And, you know, I, it's hard some days, but I see, I see you. <laughs> and I see our other young adults that, you know, when I was fresher in this position, I would say, oh, this person must have an intellectual disability. But really, the person is presenting with an intellectual disability because they're so developmentally and socially delayed because they haven't been given their basic needs, not just food and water and shelter, but their basic needs of, am I safe? Am I loved? Does this person want me to thrive and not just survive? Those are the things we need to focus on. And if we get to the point where we're worried about behavior and we start blaming our children and our youth for their behaviors, we need to redirect ourselves and remind ourselves what, what are these precious beings coming from and how can we break down the barriers for them to be back up to the developmental level that their age is. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. So before we sign off, Kayla, what's one thing that you would want us to remember when we're working with our youth? Like Katie said, give us time. Like, I can count handfuls of workers that I would not talk to immediately. Like, because in my eyes I was like, yeah, I'm just going to get another one and I'm going to have to tell another person my story all over again. So, like, you have to show the kid that you're not just an in and out because we get tired of repeating ourselves. Not if you're not going to be here more than six weeks, why should you know every little detail? So like give them time when the child feels that you're there long enough, they'll talk to you. Just take some time. And then one last thing, do either of you have any final parting words? Not really, I mean. <laughs> we all start as a precious tiny baby, and something has happened to us along the way to make us the way we are. So how can we take our strengths and make them who we are? Like Kay said, <laughs> she's, she's always big on strengths, so you got to be stronger than what you were yesterday, definitely. Because if you're not, life is... It's going to knock you down. It's going to knock you down quick. But there's always resources out there for you. Even when you think there's not, there's something out there for you somewhere to help. Well, Kayla, thank you for joining us today and sharing your amazing story with us. Um, I want to pre-congratulate you on your upcoming graduation. Thank you. Um, such a big accomplishment. Um, we wish you all the best in your future. Katie, thank you for everything that you do um, in your work. Um, I know there's endless hours that you put in, 
Thank you both for joining us today, and thank you to everyone who tuned in to this edition of DCS Talks. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on this August 2019 edition of DCS Talks. Please look for more podcasts in the upcoming months where we will dive into other topics and issues around child welfare.